Welcome to Jaguars Thursday. Former Jaguars Jeff Longman and Tony Baselli bring you expert insight and analysis of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Now to get things started, here's the host of Jaguars Thursday, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in from the DreamFinders Holmes Fleck. Team, the first round, just a f- couple of hours away from right now. What's up, guys? How we doing? Uh, brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, draft night. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it was, you know, of course, back uh, back. It in wasn't draft night. My back day then. It was draft day. That was right. mine too. <laughs> well, Saturday. We'll get to some yeah. of your uh, recollections from your uh, respective days coming up a little bit later tonight. We'll uh, get your thoughts on who the Jags could go with at twenty nine. I think they're going to take a guy by the name of J.P. Shadrick, nose tackle, first round pick, Monmouth. <laughs> yeah. Did you say <laughs> Mammoth? <laughs> yeah. Monmouth. Oh, yeah. That's how I call it. Right. Uh, we'll see what happens in a couple hours from now. I, I mean, I guess the average pick uh, for the 29th pick is around 1045 or so. We've done the math on this, did some algorithms. Yeah. And uh, 1045-ish okay. tonight the Jags should be picking. Uh, that's not the biggest news, at least of the day so far. Earlier today, the news came out that uh, Jaguars owner Shad Khan has put a bid in to buy Wembley Stadium in London. What did you, you make of the news when you heard that? Tony? I just missed out. I was close. <laughs> you were next to the bidding. <laughs> I, I, I was bidding as well and uh, got out of my price uh, range pretty quick. Yeah, see, I didn't, I kind of read it as if, you know, it's it's all but a done deal. Well, I think it, he was the only one who bid. Yeah. So, right? I, you know, Is that right, JP? Uh, yeah, I, don't, so. I, don't, I think it's just a matter of working out the finer details and then he's going to be the owner. You know, and I don't, I don't think that's any surprise. You know, I mean, when you go back to the, uh, you know, the, the meeting or – the presentation they had state of the franchise, he mentioned repeatedly, Mark Lamping mentioned repeatedly about protecting their position in London. That's right. And what better way to do that than to, you know, gain control of one of the two venues that NFL games are played at. And as the owner of Wembley Stadium, you know, not only are you going to be able to kind of control who plays there, but also, you know, kind of control the gate, you know. So, uh I think I think also you know there, I think there's a lot of people that are gotten real nervous about it. I, I don't think there's a reason to be nervous. I think one thing that I think will probably happen, and I'm just guessing here that at some point this team will play in London twice. I mean, when you have a venue over there that's that's owned by you know the guy that owns the football team, I, I think it makes sense. And so I would not be surprised if at some point in the near future that that happens. But I think there's a lot of people that are thinking that automatically you know that it means this team would be playing eight games over there instead of just one or two i don't think that's the case i think you know and they're still trying to figure out as a league is a team in london even viable you know to be able to compete with the rest of the league if it's based out of there so you know for for all the people the sky's falling that's a little premature well not only that if you also forget or let's not also forget that at that uh, stay the franchise. They announced Watt Jack. Yes, they did. I think there's a little bit of an investment going into this stadium in this area by our owner, Sean Conn. Which is much more than double the investment in buying Wembley Stadium, by the way. So I don't think that we're going to invest and leave. It just doesn't make any sense. So, I mean... It's obviously, it's obviously a good business deal, a great opportunity. I think it does protect your interest. You now have the uh, own 
the stadium that the NFL, at least one of the stadiums the NFL wants to play in. And so you can basically say, the NFL will play here, but we're playing here every year. Yeah, and, I, and at I least think, once. And I, I tend to agree with Jeff. Um, and neither Jeff and I have any inside baseball, or, you know, uh, or knowledge of anything being decided or even discussions. But I just get the sense that, and I've thought this for a while, and Jeff, you and I have talked about this, yeah. that ultimately this team's going to play two games over in London. Yeah, and, and at first, you know, when I first thought two games was going to be an eventuality, I, I was thinking home and away. and But, you know, the money is home and home. And so I think at some point that, that will be the case. I don't know when, and I haven't heard that that's going to be the case. And, look, I may be off base there, but it may just kind of make sense. Uh, with, you know, the transaction that I'm sure will soon be taking place. Yeah, and it, and it certainly increases the revenue for the one game the Jaguars play there because well, they get the, the stadium part of the gate as well. Well, and let me, let me add this too. And all that. You know, the, the talk about London is obviously been around for a lot of years. And what better way to have it than to have control of the stadium in London and then also have a market in, in, in the U.S.? You know, it's... It's the best of both worlds where you, you've got both. And, you know, and I still believe, and, and I, I believe this with all my heart, that, you know, the, this team's owner, Shad Khan, you know, getting this team international exposure in London, which is one of the biggest cities in the world, if not the biggest city in the world, as far as financially, I think it's the biggest city, giving this city the exposure over there in London is, is something that you, you just can't, you can't pay for that if you're the city of Jacksonville. No doubt about that. Mark Lamping was on a conference call earlier today, said the deal could be done in around eight weeks, give or take a few. So a fairly uh, straightforward transaction. Shad Khan is scheduled to speak with the local media here at the Uniform Launch and Draft Party at around 6.15 tonight. Yeah, let let me bring this up. What other stadiums, you know, that are, are iconic, like Wembley? The Rose Bowl. You know, I mean, that's... But I mean, world, like worldwide. worldwide it's, yeah. I mean, are there any other stadiums in the world that you can mention? Maybe Camp New and anywhere uh, in the world. In the soccer in, well, world. but here's my thing, right, Jeff? If I'd asked you five years ago, six years ago, whenever it was before we started going over there, tell me the most iconic stadium in the world. You would not have said Wembley. No, I wouldn't have because we had no exposure point. to London or anything like that. But I mean, when you when you're talking about in 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 all of the European Union, internationally, that is the number one stadium. Yes, internationally, absolutely. And for people who traveled internationally and have a, uh, you know, a, a sense of, you know, outside of America, then yes, I would say that now. But prior to being exposed to it and kind of culturally spending a lot of time over there, I would not have, uh, just because I didn't know about it. Right. Uh, but it's to your point and what JP's saying, it is. You know, right there with the best of them as far as iconic uh, stadiums uh, in the world. Interestingly, as you think about iconic stadiums, now this is an iconic, but most, you know, worldwide, you know, as far as being known stadiums. There's one in Dallas that's getting, catching up with some momentum. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it is. People, talk, especially people talk about it everywhere. It's going to be busy well, tonight, too. The draft, and I remember going yeah. to London, people talk about it, yeah. and that's where the draft is tonight, so. You know, could the uh, draft be at Wembley one day? Oh, <laughs> it might be. Uh, yeah. might be. You never know. You never know. Uh, let's move it ahead here. So that will uh, dominate the headlines the next few days, of course. Let's get to the draft tonight. There is. We'll get to the Jaguars part of this, what we think, coming up a little bit later tonight. But 
there's the feel that is uh, it's a run on quarterbacks early. There could be some movement, a lot of trades. That's the talk nationally. You guys agree with that? What's the feeling? Who knows? I mean, the you know the, the, what's kind of getting some momentum today is Baker Mayfield number one to, that, to the Browns, right? which I don't think any of us saw that coming. And you know who knows? I mean, John Dorsey's also come out and said clearly that nobody, including his wife, knows who he is picking uh, and won't know until it's time to make the pick. So. Uh, you know, there's maybe a lot his of, wife talks a lot. You know, maybe his wife. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you know, you got some of those uh, wives groups. You know, I mean, it's talk, talk. But you know, I, you know, this is the time for smoke screens. It's a, you know, it's a big poker game. Let's, you know, it's, you know, who can lie the best right now and kind of you know set up, especially in the top ten, to position you know the guy you want yeah. and target the guy you want. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, but it's always fun. It's always exciting as the thing gets kicked off and you kind of. Especially this year, because I think in the past, as I you know think about it, you, everyone had an idea who the number one pick was going to be. I mean, it was you know this guy, you know Miles Garrett. I mean, everyone knew Miles Garrett was going to be the number one guy, and you kind of had a sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and to, to go back, you know, years ago, there was an idea, and, and people knew who the number one pick was going to be because a lot of times the negotiation Started. process right. was a part of being a number sure. one pick. You know, if, if you weren't able to get a deal done with the number one pick because the, back then you didn't have a rookie salary cap. You know, they wanted to find out, can we get a deal with this guy? You know, so a lot of times the contract was already in place, and they were negotiating with three guys to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And contractually, whoever was able to get it done with, that's who was going to be the guy. Uh, but, you know, to go to this draft, this is the biggest draft in the history of the NFL. By far, hands down, What do you mean, bit by, by what? It, is, it, will be the, it will be the most watched NFL draft well, it's ever. because it's on three networks now. Exactly. But more importantly, it is. I think it's the most compelling draft in history because of the quarterbacks. Oh, I disagree with that. I don't. I mean, you know, stepping away from the draft of 1995 and 1989. which Of you know, course. I mean, the, you guys clearly, were the top. I mean, that's you know, the two best drafts ever finest, that there ever has been. But, I mean, you think about the number of quarterbacks that are in the first round. But it's no different than 82. 83. Yeah, yeah, but at 83, it's 1983, and that was, you know, Ken O'Brien and Dan Marino and Elway. Elway. But here's the thing with that draft. I mean, there wasn't many people that were paying that much attention to the draft back in 1983, and the draft is now what it has become to where it's on multiple networks. Every NFL team, for the most part, is having a draft party just like we're at right here now where there's 20,000 people registered. And so I would say I'm not – it's not the – if you define biggest, it's going to be the most watched draft ever because it's on three networks. Fox is now watching it. It's going to be the most attended draft ever because they're expecting over 200,000 people. At, uh, 200,000? That's what they say. I, I mean, read somewhere, you know, based on who they say. Oh, in the uh, surrounding area, yeah, I guess, at, in, Dallas. in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that's going to be crazy. You know, so as far as attention and viewership, and I guess we're going to start dancing here soon. Yes, we are. Um, yes, that's true. That doesn't make it the best draft ever or anything like that from a player standpoint. I don't even think it's the most intriguing draft ever. I do. I do just because of the quarterbacks. I mean, to me, when you've got when you've got possibly six quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the first round, I mean, from a, from an interest standpoint, fan interest standpoint, and just a football interest standpoint, it doesn't get any more intriguing than that when you're talking about potentially six first-round pick quarterbacks. I mean, that's that's crazy. Well, if it was going to be six first-round Offensive tackles, that would be more interesting. Well, to you. 
or pass rushing defensive ends. Lagerman, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, that's he was a linebacker coming out. There's, there's like point. five or six pass rushing guys that get drafted every year in the first round, I think. That is. Pretty close to it, that's you know. That's true. But, I mean, quarterbacks, I mean, it's just very rare. I mean, what's the most ever in the first round? What is the record for it right now? Well, the five was 83. Five, five 83. was 1983. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if there ends up being six with, you know, the quarterback out of Oklahoma, was Oklahoma State, I believe it is. Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph, yeah. you know, that could he would be number six and obviously the quarterback out of Louisville being number five. I mean, that's, you know, I think it's awesome. And, you know, here's the thing. There is, you know, we're talking about realistically four quarterbacks that are kind of hot to try in this draft. And you're you're looking at six, seven teams that would pounce on a quarterback if given the opportunity of those four guys, maybe more. I mean, maybe eight, maybe nine. I mean, it might be higher. It might be ten. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that to me makes it very intriguing. So when teams want to go up to get quarterbacks, that means other good players in other positions can move down and be available later in the first round. Like at, could, like at 29. Cause, it could cause a frenzy later in the night, too. You never know. This could be a wild first round. You know what out. I like about this draft this year? What's that, Tony? That Well, it's a big deal. It's going to be fun down here. It'll be a night, a great, a great night. Unlike years past, it's – you don't feel like it's like the end of the world one way or another for this football team. They can line up and play. That's what Doug Marone said last week. They're uh, comfortable to go out and line up and play right now. Which you love. I mean, that's great. Obviously, you want to get a good player. You need to be building for the future. You need to have young players. You got to, the drafts are so critical because if you miss on drafts, there's a gap in your progression. So, But I think it's great the fact that this is not the – End all, be all as far as, oh, my gosh, we better get somebody who can start next year. It, it's great from that aspect, but it's also not so great in that the percentages of missing at 29 sure. go up dramatically as opposed to where this team has been drafting lately, which is in the top 10. So, uh, so it's obviously the, the scouting department, Dave Caldwell, Tom Coughlin, you know, this is where you earn your keep, you know, because – the great teams in the NFL consistently draft well in the latter part of the first round. We're going to come back and get into what could happen for the Jags. We'll uh, get y'all's picks for the 29th overall selection for the Jaguars. Check out Jack Hanania's Audi Jacksonville on Blandy. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just $229 a month. Head over today for details. Also remember tonight, gates open at 6.30 for the uniform launch and draft party here at the Dreamfinders Home Flex Field and Daly's Place. Overflow seating in the south end zone inside Everbank Field. And at 9 o'clock tonight, Jaguars radio draft show. 7 o'clock on Action News Jacks for the Jaguars TV draft special. Back in a moment, it's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. Dreamfinders Holmes Flex Field at Daly's Place. The uniform unveiling and draft party coming up. Jaguars Thursday Radio, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli. The doors opening in about 13 minutes to get inside Daly's Place. You better come early tonight because Gator Bowl Boulevard is closed from A. Philip Randolph to Talleyrand. Why is that? Well, because there's over 20,000 expected tonight that have RSVP'd for this. Lot J is closed down for the Rockville concerts throughout the weekend. The Jumbo Shrimp are home starting tonight against the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. So, so a lot going on. A lot going on down here. So uh, parking is at a premium. So if you're coming tonight, get here early. Of course, the draft coverage starts at 8 o'clock. 
Our coverage on Jaguars Radio starts tonight at 9, and the Jaguars expected to pick if they stay at 29 around 1045 or so. That's the estimation. Any chance they move up, guys? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't I think just so. don't see it. I mean, when you look, when you're – because it, what it takes to move up is, is losing other picks, and I just don't see – They've already gave away one pick. They lost, what, a six-round pick that they're not going to have this year. I can't see them losing. Did they get any compens- another uh, pick? Uh, compensatory picks? No. The loss of... Uh, no, because they signed a bunch of free agents last year, remember? remember they lost Allen Robinson. Nothing for Allen Robinson? Oh, well, it's too early next for that. year. That's next oh, that's year's next year. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You're a little bit ahead of yourself here, Tony. They'll so get, They'll get one next year. Now, th- it's possible, you know, at the end of this round tonight... If guys are falling down the board and teams are wanting to come up into the round, that's possible to move back. Right? I, th- I think that's a strong possibility you know, because teams like to move up at the bottom of the first round because you get the, the option, the fifth-year option, the ability to pick that up with these prospects yeah. in the first round, whereas you don't have that ability in the second round. So so it, it's a little bit more value. you know, from Going from number 32 to 33 is just because of the ability to get that extra year to tack on no prospects. So... Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a strong chance that number 29 could be traded away in what is many people view this as a very deep draft. You're talking in rounds two and round three to drop back, maybe pick up an extra two and an extra three, and now you're maybe eyeballing a couple extra starters that you didn't have, you know. So, And I'm not saying that they would be starting caliber, but, you know, look on this football team. You know, they say that they're ready to line up now. Well, it would be better to line up now ready to go with a bunch of rookies that are viewed as starters that are going to come in and legitimately, legitimately compete for playing time. So you're saying we could be here all night and not see a pick? <laughs> it could be a awesome. You know, you know what you're telling me? Be a hell, of a, hell of a party, though, right? Kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> but, I mean, look, that's, look, you know, and a lot of people will be kind of bummed out about it because, you know, there's no crescendo. But, I mean, for me, I mean, the draft is a crapshoot. I mean, that's the reality. It's a crapshoot. So, look, take as many picks as you can get. First time in uh, a decade the Jaguars have not had a top ten in draft pick. They traded into the top ten one of those ten years, so a little different feel tonight. So let's go through the positions. What's your gut saying? If everybody's there, is it tight end? Is it O-line? Is it is it wide receiver? Is there a, a position group out there that we're not looking at? Maybe a quarterback? Is that even a thing? I think it's linebacker. I think, they think need, linebacker is the thing. I really right? think they need linebacker depth. I think there's some good line. I think a, a guy like that, Rashawn Evans, if he falls down uh, – in that area, dynamic, multifaceted, can play any three of the positions. Well, here's the argument the on passer. that, right, Tony? Because if he's going to play the strong side, he's only going to be out there 30% of the time, right? Yeah, but he has ability where he he is, he has proven that he can play. Uh, he can rush the passer. He did it at Alabama. He showed some real pass rush skill. He can, yeah, especially the, uh, this past year. I mean, he can obviously be a special teams player, and you need depth. I mean, come on. You have – here, here's here's, here's starters, something to think right. about. What happens if, if Telvin Smith or Miles Jack gets hurt? Good point. You know what Blair I mean? Brown is around, right? Well, no tell me who, to Blair Brown. Tell me but. who the starters are right now. Tell me your three starting linebackers. Well, it would be uh, Miles Jack. It would okay. be Telvin. And then it would be Blair Brown, right, on the other side. Okay, so you, to, to tell me you have three starters right now, that's not accurate. True. Now, True. You, you'd like to have one more high right, Now, maybe Blair Brown develops into that. But as we sit here today... I would not say he's, you know, you would consider him a starter, Jeff, would you? No. I mean, I, I would like to not think that he's going to be a starter. You know, I mean, it's 
He's not ready for that. He's not good enough for that, in my opinion. I would like to see the Jaguars go offense. I mean, you lost, you know, you lost a, a, a dynamic to a wide receiver, even though he didn't play last year in, in a Rob. You know, and me and Tony were talking about this earlier. I mean, to to think about a dynamic receiving tight end that this organization has had. You know, Mercedes Lewis was drafted for that. I mean, that's what what was the award that he won for the best tight the end? The Mackey Award. The Mackey yeah. Award, the best yeah. receiving tight end in college football. And he turned out to be the best blocking tight end, arguably, in the league. But he wasn't a, a dynamic receiving tight end. You know, so you go all the way back to our era and talk about Pete Mitchell. Kyle Brady. Kyle Brady. Kyle right. Brady was not a dynamic receiving no. tight end. He had 70 catches, I'll remind everyone, in one year. <laughs> he, he was, look, he was a really good tight end, but I'm talking about a Jimmy Graham, you know, like the guy in Dallas that's been around forever. Whitten. And he's still playing today. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice to have a guy. I mean, Kelsey in Kansas City. Because, you know, tight ends. So we get Gronk. Tight, yeah, if we tra- Kelsey, trade for Gronk, right? it'd be great. I'd take Gronk over Kelsey. Well, either way, I mean, that kind of guy is what but, I'm But a tight about. end is a quarterback's best friend. I mean, it's, it's, it's short throws. It's high completion percentage. Yeah. I would argue an offensive lineman is a quarterback's best friend. And so, of course I mean, you would. there's two guys that are that are kind of rated around that bottom of the first round. It's Hayden Hurst, South Carolina, who uh, is a Bulls kid. You know, he's got some ties locally. And then also the I like the tight end from South Dakota State, you know Dallas. I'm going to, I'm going to mispronounce his name on purpose. Go Dirt. It's Goddard. Okay, I understand that, but Go Dirt sounds better. He'll get more marketing contracts. Why does that Go-Dirt. sound better, Willie? It's like Joe Dirt. Go Dirt. You know that's going to be a marketing contract. But he's a dynamic yeah. guy. He's a better blocker, okay. I think, than Hayden Hurst. He's bigger. He's got a little nastiness to him, and the guy can flat out roll. I think he'd be a, a real nice addition to this offense, even though. You know, they've made some tight end additions in the offseason. But, you know, you got to have somebody that's, you know, kind of a franchise-type tight end. How about Gusecki yeah. from Penn State? He his, his block, if I showed you his blocking, you would say, I'm not drafting him. And I'm talking about J.P. Shadrick, draft expert. Let me show you <laughs> five minutes of him blocking. And you'd move on. And you okay. will be embarrassed for him. Wow. That's how bad he is. And so he's a lanky he is, cat, too. He is not a fit here. Because he refuses to block. He can't block. Not even he's willing. He's not capable of blocking. Even if he he's willing, he couldn't he do it. He can't even get in the way okay. of somebody. I, Embarrassing. That might be a little bit of a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying, you watch the tape. You watch the tape. I'm going to go back in the next hour and watch some tape on Gusecki right before the draft starts. And it's kind of funny because uh, Bill Polian, who does ESPN, yeah. they had a conversation. I just happened to catch it this week. And they're talking about Gusecki's blocking. And you know what he did? He covered his eyes when he started talking about Jacecki's blocking, and he goes, "He goes, well, when it comes to his blocking, you just have to do this." He was embarrassed for him. That's how bad it is. There you go. So I guess that's a no from and you. It, and he, here's the crazy yeah. thing, Tony. Did you ever imagine a tight end that went to Penn State that absolutely was a, an atrocious blocker? That's not usually what you get out of that. School. No. <laughs> Sounds I mean, like oh, you sorry. mentioned Kyle Brady. That's what you think of Penn State. Big, yes. nasty, tough yeah. guys. Offensive line. Uh, sounds like could be a pair of Notre Dame guys going in the top ten maybe. McGlinchey, well, the uh, tackle, well, and McGlinchey, Nelson, the guard. Nelson, the guard, is going in the top ten. I mean, he's the best offensive lineman by far. It's not close. McGlinchey's a right tackle. I don't think he can play left tackle. I disagree. I think he's a left tackle. Did you watch the Georgia game? Yeah. Struggle with speed. One game. No, I'm just saying, but he struggled with speed. 
Yeah, yeah, he struggles with speed at times, but he, he's the best prospect at left tackle. It's not a very good draft for, for left tackles. That's the reality. But the guy can play. You know, he's played against a high caliber of competition. That's back-to-back that, back back years where the, there hasn't been a lot of depth or top end at, on the uh, tackle position. Yeah, the the t- I think the two best left tackle prospects in the draft are at USC and, and UCLA. And I think both of those guys will end up being drafted. I'm trying to remember the name of the USC? guy. USC? At UCLA, not USC. I'm like, at uh, Notre Dame and UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The kid at UCLA has been hurt a lot, but, yeah, he's he's a pretty talented kid. What about uh, Will Hernandez, the guard from Texas El Paso? Big fella. Big, thick guy, powerful, uh, road grader. Yeah, he's a good player. Stiff. He's a little stiff. You know, he's – I mean, if if you're comparing him to the guy at Notre Dame – It's not even close. It's not even close. You know, and and so I don't know. I don't. I don't understand all the talk because you know me and JP had a conversation earlier. the The offensive guard that played for the Houston Texans that is now with the Tennessee Titans, Xavier Suafilo. Suafilo. Yes. He reminds UCLA me of him. him. Reminds me of him. You know, not great feet, big baller guy. You know, looks for the part, but I don't know if he's necessarily athletic enough to play the part. Guy you want on your side on a bar fight, but uh, no, no doubt about for, that. For sure. Hey, we'll come. So you back. don't really want to be in a bar fight these days, JP. That's why I need his help. That's why I need your help. No, you, I, for for other reasons. <laughs> we'll come back in a moment and get your guys's thoughts about your draft day experience and your thoughts about Mel Kiper Jr. Jeff, I'm talking to you. <laughs> That's they're, coming up. They're tight. They're, they are indeed. BRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. We're at the DreamFinders Homes Flex Field at Daly's Place, the uniform launch and draft party. Just about to get underway ahead of the 2018 NFL Draft. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. We're back, Jaguars Thursday from the Dreamfinders Home Splex Field at Daly's Place. JP Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli, and Fred Taylor has joined us on up, set. Man? Freddie T. What's happening? How are you? I'm great. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm fired up because you know what? I've heard Baselli's, you know, draft day experience story. I've never heard your draft day experience story. <laughs> Mine was simple. I mean, this guy was the first pick in the. Oh, second, second. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Ever in the team oh, history. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very special guy. Uh, always has been. No, mine, mine was simple. I was just afraid to go to New York. You know, that, 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 that uncomfortable feeling. When you look at it on TV, a lot of those guys seem embarrassed that they hadn't gone where they were projected to go. So for that, I just stayed home and enjoyed it with family and friends. Where they, where, where were they telling you we're going to go? What, what was your thoughts going into the draft? Uh, top three backs, uh, Curtis Enos and Robert Edwards. So they said either of us can go either way. Wait, wait a minute, who are the other guys again? <laughs> I, mean, I know, right? Who? Uh, Curtis Enos went to Chicago <laughs> at five, and Robert went 16 in New England. And uh, neither guy played more than three years. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Uh, unfortunately wow. for Rob, though, yeah, he got, hurt he got banged Bowl. up our rookie year. Yeah, Pro Bowl, right? At uh, the Pro Bowl. The- the uh, sand, the, the sand rookie game, right? Game, yeah. the volleyball, right? <laughs> so it just just goes to show you what we were talking about earlier about when you, you can sit there and say you know you want this draft pick and you want to trade up and all that kind right. of stuff. The reality is, 
even though you think they're great players, I mean, there's an example of one that didn't turn out to be a very good player, mm-hmm. okay, from Penn State and Enos. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy, Edwards, just got a freak injury, right. which can happen anywhere. So out of those three backs, you know, there's one. Right. And, I and up, Edwards uh, had a good the rookie year, though, too. He had he? a solid, very solid yeah. rookie year. I was invited to that same rookie uh, sand game, uh, flag game. Thankfully, I didn't go. You know, but in my my experience, though, man, I mean, uh, my draft day experience, I was home. Coach Coughlin called uh, right at the ninth pick, say, hey, hey, young man, you ready to become a Jaguar? I wasn't going to say no, right? <laughs> so I said, of course, Coach. And he's like, all right. Uh, you know, he put me on the phone with some other people. We make flight arrangements to get on a flight. They come and do the press conference. The rest is history. So it's funny. It's funny. Here's oh, no, I, I forgot that I didn't own a suit. You didn't own so a suit. I had to go to men's warehouse first. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought a, a top and some slacks. So here, uh, here's the funny awesome. part. I talked to Coach Coughlin and I talked to some other people. It's just a total blur, wasn't it? Do you even remember who it was you talked to? You know what? You talked to Gerald Ingram. I'm, I'm guessing. I talked to Gerald at some point, but I do remember talking to Coach Coughlin. But it was brief. Yeah. It was a brief. You know, Coach, he's all business. He's like, hey, you ready to be a Jaguar? He's like, uh, I'll put you on the phone with some other people. And that was it, really, at the end of the day. It's funny that you had the same thought I did about going to New York. I was scared to death of yeah. being that guy. Yeah. Remember, the only reason I went is I called my agent, and, I, and he's like, listen, they want you to come. Like three right. th- I said no the first two or three times. And they said, want you to come. And I said, the only way I'm going is if you can guarantee me I'm gone in the top ten. And he's wow. like, you're not going to make it past five. Just That's up. amazing. Yeah, and we didn't know. See, yeah, I, I could have been that guy know. that went to New York and, like, was shocked. Woo, 14 <laughs> overall, yeah. You know, that was like in the back, you know, second room where they were, like, second day pick. Right. You know, he's not going to make it out here today. Yeah, where yeah. were you on draft day then, Mike? Uh, I was uh, on uh, – I had a college house, and it was on Hanover Street, and we called it Hangover Street <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> Obviously. I think the largest keg party we had there was about 12. And uh, <laughs> friends, family, coaches, uh, it, it was it was very cool. Thankfully, I did not hear Mel Kuyper's commentary after the pick. <laughs> the you know, Jets was, just don't know what the draft is all about. Yeah, yeah and they still play that today. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it, it's something that you'll never forget. Regardless of, you know, where you were, who you were with, you know, you can forget a lot of things, but you won't forget that day. It changed my life forever. Not just, you know, from a financial standpoint, but the relationships I've, you know, endured and known, you know, love to yeah. this day. Uh, it taught The game taught me a lot, matured me a lot. Um, spent a third of my life here with the team that uh, drafted me before, you know, I moved on to, to New England. But well, you know, great. the best part about Freddie's draft stories, I remember the weekend after he came here, after getting drafted, smiling, and he had a set of gold teeth. I was like, oh, my. Oh, there's, there's my guy. So uh, I'm getting called from the other well, you got to go. All right. So who are they taking tonight? This quick. What's your gut? Who, who are they taking? Yeah. What position? I think they're going to get a linebacker. All right. Yeah, that's what I said. Linebacker, Fred Taylor, See, going Freddie. defense, and has to go uh, get ready for the uniform launch and draft party. Uh, here at Everbank Field. So uh, I just I, I remember, you know, I, that was my last year playing in the NFL, which was Fred's first year. Yeah. And I'll never forget this. Uh, I had a conversation with Fred about, you know, his ability to really capture Jacksonville because he was a he was a UF guy. I mean, you're talking about a Florida Gator and how many opportunities would have. But I'll never forget in training camp, and Tony, you might remember this, he got hurt. 
and it was like a back injury in training camp. And he was on the training table and I don't want to say crying, but was in tears. And I went up to him, you know, trying to be you know, a veteran guy. And I was like, hey, you okay? And he was literally poured his heart out. He was worried about getting cut because he was injured and wasn't able to practice right. in training camp. Right. And I said, Fred, <laughs> you're you're a top ten pick in the first round. You ain't getting cut for you're a few years. You're not getting cut. Don't worry about it, buddy. But he, he didn't know. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know. I mean, he was just so young, so young and, and innocent. He just had no idea. And, and I think that's what kind of made Fred so great, you know, because, you know, he came in so young and raw, he didn't know. But he, you want to talk about a guy that could change the game in the blink of an eye because, you know, when we were, when he was in training camp, we had James Stewart, who we felt pretty good about, you know, good, James, solid runner. James started the first three games until he got hurt the Very good game. player. And we knew that Fred had speed. We'd seen that at certain times. Well, we didn't know, you know, that he could be, you know, Fred Taylor. So we were all kind of, I don't say, uh, we weren't excited about Fred, but we were kind of, you know, a little bit reserved. Like, you know, he's got to show us, you know. Hurt a little bit in training camp. Yeah. Didn't really show much. Was kind of hesitant. But then, holy cow, when he got on game day, man, (laughs) when he got that that little shuffle step and then the burst of acceleration, second to none in the NFL. Week three of 1998 against Baltimore. James Stewart tears his ACL in the first quarter. Fred Taylor comes in. And Hello, Fred. Takes one about 45, 50 yards to the house. Unbelievable. I got the third, fourth carry, whatever it was. I was like, wow. <laughs> All right. All right, I like Here this he guy. He's pretty good. He's my, my new favorite player. <laughs> he, he had he had an ability, I think, that was that was very unique in that he would kind of stutter, you know, whereas a lot of running backs had moves and, and shake or something like that. Fred, Fred didn't really try to do that. He would just slow down and make a defender kind of settle or square up the feet just for a split second because his his acceleration was so superior to anybody else's, they didn't have a chance. If they slowed their feet or slowed their speed down in any way whatsoever, Fred beat him because he was that fast and had that much acceleration to get the top speed. We appreciate Fred uh, swinging by here uh, before his duties tonight. Inside Daly's Place. The gates are open. I'm sure the traffic is uh, backed up a bit to get down here tonight with everything happening around Everbank Field, the Jumbo Shrimper home. Uh, this will take over the Flex Field, Daly's Place, and Gator Bowl Boulevard tonight. Over 20,000 people have RSVP to come down tonight. So if you haven't made your way down or you're not on your way, you better make your way down here. The uh, gates are open right now, and they'll stay open throughout the, the evening, throughout the Jaguars' pick, past the Jaguars' pick tonight. So we're in for a long evening. Should be a fun evening tonight here inside the Dreamfinders Homes Flex Field. When we return, our look around the National Football League. Draft night, the first round of the 2018 NFL Draft is a little over an hour away. Check out Jack Hanania's Audi Jacksonville on Blanding. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just $2.29 a month. Head over today for details. The draft right around the corner, and it's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. Coming up at Daly's Place, Skillet and for King and Country, that's Friday, May 4th. Post Malone and 21 Savage, Thursday, May 10th. And then Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers, May 13th. Tickets available at dailiesplace.com.
Logs going to Steely Dan. Doobie I, Brothers? I, I, I like Steely Dan. I like the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. That's right up your alley. Then. It is. Tony, you just went to one the other night, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, Thomas Rhett. Great concert. Yeah? Oh. I mean, fabulous. I mean, what a Were great... you on the couches again? Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah. We'll see. Of course. Fabulous. I mean, fabulous. <laughs> Can't go wrong. On the couches. I enjoyed every ounce of it, and uh, thanks to... <laughs> every uh, ounce of it? How many ounces did you have? Uh, uh, every ounce, and... Uh, <laughs> Thanks to uh, Daly's, uh, my good friend uh, Aubrey Edge got me his seats there. So, oh well, good to know people. Yeah, no, it's good to have good friends. Yeah, uh, I got good friends. Yes, you do. So, uh, they, uh, as a concert venue, it'll be fun tonight to see how this goes. But as a concert venue, Daly's place is—if you haven't been to a concert there, you got to go. I mean, the sound, the just the, the there's not a bad seat. Number one. And it's just, it's a great venue to watch a concert. A lot of energy. Yep. It was awesome. Free parking if you have a concert ticket as well. Uh, and the easy in and out. Yep. Uh, so uh, there you have it. Daily's Place. Daily'sPlace.com. I, I Uber. I Uber everywhere. Well, well you're I'm, big time. No, I just like if I. Yeah. I like, it's a way to go. Yeah, sure. Like even if I like go out to dinner like at like Atlantic Beach or something because it's hard to find parking. I just Uber with my wife. It's so much easier. It's like I'm a big fan of that type of ride-sharing stuff. Hey, look, and even if you're going to have just, like, one adult drink. It's not worth it. You know, it's I mean, not worth it's not it. Worth it. Sure. I mean, just, just Uber. He probably gets the Uber limo service, though. No, that's, I get the base. What is that? Wait, I hate to keep giving plugs to one. I mean, there's Lyft. other services. Lyft. Lyft. There's, Lyft. there's a couple Uber. different ones, yeah. yeah a ride-sharing kind of thing. Ride or sharing. you call JP. Yeah. Hey, JP, man, can you give me a lift? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, whatever. There's a couple countries. But it's almost like uh, it's a... Uh, like you say, I'm going to FedEx something. Yeah, that's right. right. Like it could yeah. be UPS, it could be whatever. It's like the like the leading brand becomes like the term for it. Like I need to Xerox something. That's right. <laughs> well, that's actually a, one brand of photocopy. Yeah, photocopy. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's go around the National Football League. As happens around this time of year, sometimes some news from the past for these prospects comes up in the final hours before the draft including Josh Allen's tweets in high school. Some offensive tweets surfaced, shockingly, the day before the draft. He has apologized. JP, I'm just glad Tony could probably say the same thing. We all could probably say the same thing. I'm just glad because we didn't have Twitter when I was in high school. You still don't have Twitter, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> I, still, I got it, but I just don't use it. I'm just glad that some of my actions, okay, from high school – and probably some of my words weren't publicized. That's right. You know, could you not say the same thing? Everybody, Tony, I think could, could you not say yes. the same thing? I was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Of course you were. But I mean, really? I mean, well, here's the problem. I mean, I I, I know they were uh, offensive, racially insensitive, and some bad language. I guess I didn't see the tweets. Did anyone actually see the tweets? I, did not. I think there were some uh, lines from some hit rap or hip-hop songs in a modern family TV show. I've never seen modern families. I don't know what, that, what it is. But anyways, um, he was 13 or 14 years old. If I was held accountable for everything I said when I was 13 or 14 years old and that somehow you were going to judge me when I was drafted at 23 because yeah, of that. It. And here's the thing. The people that report this and some of the people I listen to now make these like comments that this is unbelievable. The hypocrisy is shocking to me because there's not anyone I know that hasn't said things in jest or in joking manners among friends 
especially when you're young, when you're that you would be. Years old, right? And I said the same thing, I think, a couple years ago around the, you know, stuff, the bullying in locker rooms and stuff like that, that, you know, how dare people say, I'm like, come on. There's not a football player alive that, you know, has not been in a locker room situation and things get said. Or, or even if you're not saying them, you laugh at things that you should not be laughing at. And uh, Well, the context in the locker room is a whole lot different than than in other places maybe. And to, 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 to tell uh, Jackson DeVille won't leave me alone right now, <laughs> but if uh, to tell uh, to make a judgment about a young man, Based on that, when all other reports from teammates, coaches, friends, yeah. associates have been nothing but positive about him, I just uh, here's, find my, here's it, my I, question. I, I mean, listen, he, what do you, I don't even know. It got clicks apparently. Yeah, but, but, people but, were looking at it. But here's the, the other story. question: That's Why? The yeah. Why? I mean, why did it come out today? Because it's the draft. I, I, I know, but I mean, I, you why go it back came to, out today? Because some some journalist, whoever broke the story, wanted it to be about him getting credit, and it clicks to his website. And recognition from his organization, see what I did, how I drove all these people to our site. That's why it happened. Shane. And I'd like to, like, I'd love to ask the person who wrote the story. And I'm not, I'm not blaming the, the person who wrote the story. Well, I, I just asked him, just I said, can, can I look at your Twitter for the last 20 years? <laughs> you can look at mine. It, it, you could, it would take like 10 minutes. You can look at mine too, I'm but mine. I'm older. Can I go back? JP would take you a couple days. Can I interview your friends and all this and ask if you ever told a off color joke or said something? That you shouldn't have. Yeah, no, it's it's not. Yeah, it really is. I'm not saying it's. Listen, he and he said he's sorry. And I'm sure he. I mean, I don't anyway, know. That's we we've the, become. And I understand. Uh, it, hold on, let me let me positive thinking here. Okay, logs, please. I hope he falls to the Jaguars at 20. <laughs> I said the same thing <laughs> earlier. Can you imagine? That'd be great. It'd be the greatest thing ever. I'd be like, <laughs> would they pull the trigger on that? Yes. Do they dare? If Josh, if Josh, I asked logs the same thing, and I agree with it, what he said. He said, if he's there, you pick him. I agree. I think he's a Take him all day player. long. Figure out the rest later. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. Took a problem. But, yeah, it's too bad. Again, we're not saying what he said is okay or wrong, right, or different. I, mean, I don't even know what they were, but I, I have a hard time judging. I, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't I even read to, uh, what they were. All I, all I read was that he had tweets when he was on high school. And, I, and as soon as I read that. Yeah, forget it. Right. I, I think he was come 14. Is like junior high. Yeah. yeah, come on. Speaking of quarterbacks who have had off-the-field issues before, Baker Mayfield is the buzz today. Apparently some momentum building around the league that the Browns could take him number one overall. Yeah, but let me, let me say this about it. If people haven't seen this, the buzz, I think, today about Baker Mayfield is also due in part because he put out a photo that basically imitated Brett Favre's draft day photo from years ago. And if yes. you haven't seen it, it is spot on, and it is classic. Wearing the jean shorts on the bed. The rolled-up jean yeah. shorts, yeah. okay? Awesome, classic, and uh, kudos to Baker Mayfield for having a sense of humor. Do you have a pair of those still, Logs? I do. Rolled up jean shorts? Oh, I, I mean, I don't know. They're not like rolled he, up he pins, shorts. But, but I've got jean shorts that are cut off, and they're like totally not in. But I've still got them just because I, I use them to. He wears them around the house. <laughs> oh, really? I use them to work out. In the I don't think we need to know anymore. With them. Yeah. We don't need to know anymore yeah. about your jean shorts uh, issues. Panthers and tight end Greg Olson agreed to a two-year extension. $17.1 million total. He's 33 years old. Greg Olson could still play, I'm sure. Yeah, good football player. He's a dynamic football player, dynamic tight end. And he was uh, talking about maybe doing Monday night football and 
and leaving the pro game and kind of was dropping hints about that. Yeah, but, I mean, congratulations to him. And then congratulations to the Carolina Panthers and Marty Herney, who is their now permanent general manager, for having the, the I think, the thought, you know, I have a guy that's under contract, but he's clearly outperformed his contract, and to reward him with a contract that pays him really what his value is. I mean, look, there's not many organizations that are in the National Football League that would do that. A lot of them would tell the player, look, your contract is what it is, either pay or don't get paid at all. Uh, and so kudos to the Carolina Panthers general manager for rewarding for a player clearly that deserved it. Reuben Foster update. The woman involved in that case plans to recant the claims of domestic violence against the 49ers linebacker. She released a statement Wednesday claiming that she can prove that Foster did not cause her injuries from an alleged February incident. She claims the injuries were a result of a fight with another woman, and Foster tried to end the relationship after learning of that fight. How about Tony, that? Tony, can you uh, – and let's go back, okay, before this uh, concocted story and, you know, pulling away the claims. They supposedly busted this girl's eardrum. That was the initial report. That's right. And the police are not backing off. How much do you off. think she got paid? Know, well, the police are not backing off of what their, what their story is. And Reuben Foster is literally staring at, you know, 10 years of jail time and also, and if he doesn't go to jail, not having a job in the NFL, period. As the 49ers have said that if he struck the woman, John Lynch said if, if he struck this woman, he is done with us. He would be done with every team in the National Football League yep. if what's been reported turns out to be true. So you think she got paid to change the story? I, I, it, just, it just doesn't feel right, doesn't it? I mean, it just doesn't feel right. No. It's a terrible situation. I mean, that type of violence against a woman and, and here's has the thing. no place anywhere. And if he, I mean, listen, here's, I say it all the time in these situations because we don't ultimately know. I hope if he did it, he goes to jail. And I hope if he didn't, he's cleared and he can go play football. That's right. Yep. I, I mean, that's what I hope. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he did and didn't do. And he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt because he's got a little bit There's of a, a track background. record. You know, and his, his issue that at the combine when prior to the draft, when he was drafted, I mean, he's basically thrown out of the combine for being, you know, rude, disrespectful, and downright degrading to one of the medical people at the hospital. You know, so he's not going to get a pass, nor he, should he get a pass in any way, shape, or form. we got the drum line going, boys. D-line is here. The roar of the Jaguars will be here as well tonight. Jackson DeVille, Step Iyer, said a moment ago, Fred Taylor's in the house. And I think I'd be good on the, the symbols. Parties. <laughs> All you got to do is hit it one time. Yeah, either that or a cowbell. Is there a cowbell section in the drum line? More cowbells, more cowbells. Got to have more cowbell around here. I got a fever. Our coverage on Jaguars.com happens after the draft pick tonight. We'll go on live immediately with uh, analysis and much more. The press conferences from the Jaguars uh, brass. The Jaguars draft show on Action News Television. Starts in about five minutes from right now. And, of course, at 9 o'clock tonight, Jaguars so radio draft coverage. Right we, got, we got two hours off. Yes, you do. Is there food? Yes. Uh, we're we're going to find some. Uh, me and Tony kind of threw our picks out there earlier. He, he, I was going to finish. Rashawn Evans with yes, the linebacker yes. Alabama. And I was kind of hoping for either him or, or Dallas Godert. You're, 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 you're a brilliant State. marketer. What? Who would you like to see? Uh, Will Hernandez. Uh, this is a team that wants to run the football. They didn't run it as effectively the last month and a half of the season as they would have hoped. So you you just got and hold on. Play him right guard. Let him you do they can. can. Let him figure it out. 
uh, and bolster that offensive line. I like that attitude, by That's, the way. Uh, why not? You know, get a big mauler in there and uh, play some running football, play some defense like this team really wants to do. So if it gets to that, at least that, that, that's where I would go with it. So that's the, that's the point of this draft. That's three different thoughts. There's certainly no consensus on what the Jags Let me ask do. you guys this, okay? They're sitting there at 29. Somebody calls up says, hey, look, we'll give you, you know, 35, 36, okay, maybe 37, 38, and then we're going to give you an additional third-round pick. Do you take it? Ooh, I don't know. Depends who's on the board. It depends, yeah. it depends who's sitting there, I think. Yeah. Maybe. It's interesting, though, yeah, right? It is. Oh, yeah, I think about it. It is. I listen, but I it really mean, depends. For I me, mean, what if a guy slips? For me, I do it all day long. Even if you're, if, if a guy like Evans is there or somebody you could use right away like that. That's all, it's in your five to seven guys that they have ready to roll. But, but here's the thing. I, I really believe this. I think in every draft, and particularly this draft, that you always find guys that you're excited about at 29 that you would be excited about at 36, 37, 38, and on top of that to pick up something that's in, you know, let's say the, the 60s, 70s, you know, an extra third-round pick. I think you're crazy if you were to turn down something like that. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I'm saying that there, that's a, there's a chance of that happening because the bottom of the first round becomes coveted by those that want to move up into the first round because they're enamored with a guy. And I think teams get in, in, in big trouble when you become enamored with a guy. And so I think if you can garner more picks, like we were talking about earlier, it's a percentage game. Not all picks work out. You take it. Well, you think about the where, the, where the Jags have been the last few years. They've been at the top of the second round a lot. And they've you know thought about moving up maybe, but this never pulled the trigger to do it. So it depends on the mentality of, the folks making that decision in the room. I would not be surprised either that if this team ends up picking up an edge rusher, you know, the kid from Boston College or, or wherever. The reason I say that, you know, you've got an aging Clay Campbell and you've also got, you know, a young player, Dante Fowler. You're not yeah, going to well, probably pick up his option. We haven't talked about that. I don't think they pick up his option either, though. All right, guys, uh, 9 o'clock tonight, Jaguars draft radio I'll try to show. make it back. We'll see you here then. Thanks to our entire crew. Come on out. Come join us. The Uniform Launch and Draft Party underway at the DreamFinders Home Swexfield. We'll see you next time on Jaguars Thursday.